Welcome to Decide You Can podcast. We're two sisters on opposite sides of the world talking about our own experiences in our nine to five lives and discussing all sorts of things that keep us focused, happy and productive in our everyday lives. In this episode, we're going to continue to discuss learning styles, but in relation to flipping the classroom dynamic to be student-led rather than teacher-led. We talk about the advice we would give our younger selves and follow up on how I changed my mindset this week about stress. I also challenge Laura to think about things differently in the week ahead. We close it out with a bit of inspiration we heard this week. I'm Laura. I live and work in Melbourne. I'm a manager in a professional services firm and I like to impart my creative streak in unexpected places. Right now it's mostly spreadsheets and analytics. Hi and I'm Susie. I live in Edinburgh and study a maths degree by a distance learning whilst also working within the financial sector. I really love how busy my life is at the moment and find there's never a dull moment. Let's get started. In Australia this week, there was a story on TV that was discussing a high school that allows the students to drive their own education. It takes it right the way from interviewing their teachers to deciding on their own start and finishing times and the sort of subjects that they study. There was one that was called Geek Studies. It was just a really interesting take on education and kind of flipping that dynamic of being student-led rather than teacher-led. I really wanted to hear what you thought of that, Susie. I think it's a really interesting concept in theory. In reality, I don't think it's it's so great. I I know upon reflection of the roles I've had in the past few years, there has been a lot more individual driven development. I think it's really helpful though when you come into a role to have a clear set of rules and expectations in place already. But it has only occurred to me recently how much I need to be pushing myself to develop a lot more. Yeah, I think that's a really valid point that you have to drive your own development, but you also need those rules and regulations in place. Yeah, and you know, like development, I mean, that could come from working on a particular set of practical skills, but also through discussion with others to explore ways of working on a much more personal level. It's this set of skills that can sometimes be undermined when you reflect on how you've developed, but they are the skills that in a lot of ways will take you a lot further than the practical ones. A lot of the time it's it's who you know rather than what you know. But as a colleague of mine had recently pointed out, it's also how you know them. Uh, there is actually a TED video I'd watched recently by Dan Pink. Put a link to it in the blog for listeners. But he was explaining how to get the most out of employees and considering motivation. He'd mentioned a couple of companies who offer the employees 20% time where they can work on anything they want that is not work-related. Obviously, I don't think this is appropriate for every company, but I do like the idea that there is such a focus on progress outside of business as usual. It's a really interesting concept, particularly if that's encouraging motivation in employees in general. Do you have an example of what he was talking about around the 20% time? Yeah, so there was an IT company in Australia, actually, that he'd mentioned, and they they offer their, their employees this incentive, I guess, it was interesting to hear how, how motivated they were after they've had this just time to think about something totally different. So it was it was really interesting to see how the 20% time will stimulate so many people's minds just by thinking about something else. I guess for me, it is something I would love to explore personally, that 20% of my time is focused either on pure analysis in the team or training on something new. Like if every employee had this time set aside, consider the progress the company would make. 
perhaps there is something that you've experienced at some point yourself though so what's your take on it yeah I think it's a really good idea to have it available and to allow people the sort of flexibility in their workplace and to be able to reflect on things understand how they might do things differently because when you're in the flow of work and you've got work kind of building up you don't necessarily have that time to just take a step back and go how am I doing this could I be doing it better I think when you take it back to the school example that school in particular that was featured in the news was probably taking it to the extreme I don't think education is going to fully embrace turning things around and making it all student-led but it'll be really interesting to see how the school develops their curriculum in the future and how many more students want to be a part of that school and actually the success of the students and the alumni of that school as they go on to university or as they become entrepreneurs. It will be quite interesting to see whether that is as a result of the school and the environment that they were educated. I recently spent a bit of time chatting to some high school students at a networking breakfast and the aim of it was to allow them to interact with professionals and find out what it might be like to work in a corporate environment. So I was asked a really interesting question that had me thinking about my answer ever since. It was what advice would you give to your younger self in relation to school subjects and choices? I was a bit stumped as to what my actual answer would be. I'm not really sure what I ended up saying. But on reflection, I think my advice to my younger self would definitely be not to focus as much on who was in your class or what everyone else was telling you to do and keep a couple of core subjects going and then pick one thing that you loved and one thing you were really good at. If I had my time over, I would have kept a science rather than dropping it at the first sign of it getting difficult. And I ended up doing a lot of subjects that I found quite easy and I quite enjoyed. But actually, I think I would have got a lot more challenge out of doing something like a science that would have just altered my way of thinking. I also do wonder and reflect on whether I would have been as fascinated by physics now if I'd studied it in high school. And maybe it helps that my boyfriend's amazing at explaining maths and physics and astronomy to me, so I learn it in a different way. Sometimes it's like having my own personal Brian Cox explain things. I can definitely vouch for how helpful a learning environment you have as well. He is very useful explaining when a certain maths technique might be useful, even if it's a situation I'm realistically never going to find myself in. (laughs) Any engineering maths technique in particular, it's not really my thing, but (laughs) it's good to know the theory behind what they're using. Yeah, I get that. I heard a talk from Adam Spencer, who's a really inspirational speaker in everything he talks about because he's talking about maths and science with such passion that you really want to join him on that journey. I know I sent you that link to his TED video and you loved it just as much but he really believes in teaching STEM principles so science, technology, engineering and maths and how if we think differently and teach the way to think about STEM principles in education early, particularly to girls, it will allow us to be a more powerful nation of thinkers. But I think this links back quite nicely to what we were talking about earlier. And I know that when I was in high school, I rejected the idea of studying maths and science for whatever reasons. But I do regret not keeping that sort of core knowledge of maths to help me apply that in everyday problem solving. 
And maybe it should be mandatory to keep those core subjects because you don't necessarily love them early on, but it's also really important to help you build that knowledge in other ways. Yeah, I do. I do agree that it was a really interesting video and it did give me an opportunity to consider how others perceive subjects such as maths and science and things like that. So it was a really good opportunity to think more about how to maybe inspire some people that I work with to think more about these particular topics. Yeah, I love that you've picked up maths again and are now working towards a degree in it. And I'd really be interested to know what inspired you to do that. For me personally, it was a case that I had to go at uni initially and I had picked my course just for the wrong reasons. And although I don't regret that time, I do wish I had found the right course and way of studying a lot faster. To me, I saw all my friends getting degrees and you and our brother David had one and we even saw dad coming back to the concept of studying so late in his career just for the sake of enjoying it. I had decided I wanted the degree before I knew the subject to go for, I reckon. I guess I figured that I should choose a subject that came relatively easy to me and that I had enjoyed when I was at school, but equally something that I knew would help me in a longer term career. Perhaps I remember math so fondly because our grandpa was a math teacher and it always struck me that he loved it, so wouldn't I as well? I opted for the maths and statistics degree and as I've continued, I really have found that the statistics part is more beneficial, but I can appreciate how learning the pure math side of things has helped me on a more logical front. Do you mind me asking what the decision process for you was when you were choosing your degree? Yeah, for me, when we were all applying for university, my friends really knew what they wanted to do. And I felt probably a bit lost or overwhelmed by all of the choices. I didn't really have a clear direction of what I wanted to do or what I was particularly good at. I knew that I really liked English and media, drama and French. And so I picked a course that just allowed me to study all of those and stay on that vein, have a broad range of subjects and then focus a bit more as I got into the sort of second year, third year, fourth year of university. You've probably picked your course at the time with the right reasons that you went in to study something that you just enjoyed the subjects at school. So, But I wonder if you could do it again, would you choose the same degree? I knew when I was choosing my degree that I didn't want to just study one specific thing. So I didn't want to study nursing and become a nurse or study teaching and become a teacher. I felt like that was too specific. So I knew I wanted to do something broad. I feel like I made a good choice in choosing something that gave me options to focus. I think more businesses are now accepting people into grad schemes regardless of what their degree is. Because if you can prove that you can study something for four years, it's enough to show that you are dedicated to something, dedicating to studying and furthering your knowledge. And it doesn't necessarily matter about what the subject actually is. I think you're worth going broad rather than too specific and getting yourself into a sort of pathway that doesn't feel authentic to you. So I mentioned last week about the TED lecture by Kelly McGonigal around seeing stress as a positive and using it to be your best. Susie, what did you think of it? And did you find you could use it in your life or have you had a very stress-free week? I really did enjoy watching the video. I'm not sure if it was a direct result of watching it, but I have had a very busy week 
perhaps I would have found it a lot more stressful had I not prepared myself a little more last weekend for what was potentially to come. I certainly ended up taking the attitude that when it was feeling particularly busy, I shouldn't be focusing on the stress that I might experience, but instead recognise what I was capable of achieving. Yeah, I like what she said about adrenaline in your in your body preparing you for something amazing. And I feel like that's quite a simple way of seeing stress. I do remember at one point I was beginning to get stressed actually this week and remembering the message that I was just preparing myself for a daunting task. It was really reassuring to know I had a better approach to these situations. Yeah, I love that. It gives me comfort to know that it's just biology making me think or feel a certain way and it's not all in my head. I wanted to go back to what you were saying about this 20% time. I might watch that video by Dan Pink that you'd mentioned and see how I could apply 20% of my week. If I were to have 20% time, what would I do? How would I do things differently? I think it's a really good idea. And I think it is important to recognise that although you might not have the 20% in a week, just to consider how you would spend that time is a good start. And maybe you get it the next week and you're able to actually put that time aside. But being a little more prepared for the concept of 20%, I think it would be a really interesting challenge to create for ourselves. I think 20% seems like a lot of time as well. It's like one day in your week. So if you're feeling like your week's particularly busy, it's very difficult to carve out that 20%. It's really interesting to see whether you would start to be a better employee or feel like you were achieving a lot more. I think it is, it's a really good idea to take on. And for me, I'm, I'm coming home to study every night at the moment. So having used this concept already, there is lots of new information I'm learning, but I am now better prepared for that information. So if we think about an inspirational quote we've heard this week and maybe how we can make it real in our lives and how we can relate to it, one that I heard that really resonated with me was the quote that says, sometimes the wrong choices bring us to the right places. I really like how it's quite a positive, hopeful quote that makes me think, actually, I reflect on my journey through education, through university, into my career. Hasn't always been full of right choices, but I've been able to learn from each of the things that I maybe look back on and go, "Mm, I don't really feel like that was the right choice, but I know that it's taught me a lesson about who I am and how to live a more authentic life and be comfortable in my own skin. I think it is a really great quote. I can identify a lot of moments in my life that, really do connect with it as well. So the fact that I had done a couple of years of uni initially, that was not necessarily the best choice, but I met some of my best friends through that and I've learned what sort of course I would be good at and I've learned a way of studying that really helped me and overall has brought me to a much better place. And that concludes our podcast episode. It's been really interesting hearing about choices in education, how we might have done things differently and how we spend our work time. We'll be thinking further about this 20% concept throughout the week and we'll let you know how we go with this challenge in the next episode. Thanks for listening to this Decide You Can podcast. If you have any suggestions or comments, feel free to tweet us at Decide You Can and we look forward to chatting again soon.
from myself and Susie. Bye. Bye.